Dear brothers and sisters, today my homily want to discuss, talk about uh, prophecy as presented as a major theme in the readings and then um, leave the floor to an audio of uh, three minutes that we're going to listen from our Archbishop uh, that will describe uh, the uh, next phase of the uh, synod that is taking place in our diocese and in the, the Universal Church. Prophecy. We heard uh, today that um, in the book of, uh, from the book of Jeremiah, the call of the prophet Jeremiah to be the prophet for his people. Then in uh, the episode in Nazareth in which Christ has uh, initiated his mission and comes back to his hometown, uh, presents the passage of the scripture in which uh, uh, talks about the Messiah and uh, because uh, they, his uh, fellow uh, citizen think to know who Christ is, just the son of a carpenter, um, he is rejected as a prophet. Who is a prophet? A prophet is someone who is uh, called by God to uh, give the message of God to his people. A message that is a message of salvation, but that is a scorching message of repentance. In the history of Israel, the majority of the prophets were persecuted, to say the least, some killed, because the message that they were delivering was uncomfortable to hear. It was a message that called to repentance. So it was a message that declared that their way was wrong, and it required accountability it required taking responsibility of the fault committed, and it required repentance, change, amend, inaugurating a new way of life. For this reason, was usually rejected. In this, uh, in our um, uh, times, um, we as church and each one of us, its member, is called to be prophet. In baptism. When we have been uh, after baptism, we receive as an explanatory rite, so as a metaphor that explains what we just received in baptism, the anointing with the sacred chrism. The sacred chrism was that balm that was poured on the head of the prophets, the priests, and the kings of Israel to receive that role. So, when we are anointed um, in baptism, after baptism, we, uh, it's revealed that we share in the role that Christ had for humanity to be the perfect priest, the perfect king, the perfect prophet. So sharing in the role of prophecy that Christ has, we are prophets. So prophets because we witness to our fellow Christians, but then to anyone who is a recipient of Christ, so any human being, uh, we witness his message of salvation, not just as a, as a message, but as a liberation of our own selves. We know what does it mean being children of Adam and Eve. We know what does it mean to be captured. We know what does it mean to struggle against sin, but because of Christ, we have been freed. And we can witness this just with the muscles of our face. 
that express lack of tension and peace. Luminous faces that express that there is no darkness that can take over our hearts. This is the first element of prophecy, but, but would be too, too easy. Sometimes our words are needed to say what is uncomfortable to hear, but is an act of charity toward the ones who comply with evil and harm themselves and others. In our uh, society, every time had its need, need of prophecy. In what way the message of Christ today is uh, scorching and yet charitable? I don't think Christ is um, rejected for his message of resurrection. Many people heard that uh, Christ is God, that Christ died, that Christ is risen. They're pretty indifferent to that. Of course, this is the core. If any human being would take seriously the implication of this religious leader who rose from the dead, and I dare anyone to search and find and bring me proof of a religious leader who claimed to be God, and yet when he died, he did not show up alive. But, you know, it's, uh, we are busy, we don't take the implications of this simple and yet astonishing message. So it's okay. Uh, anyone can believe uh, any religion. We can believe Christ. Doesn't matter to me. But what is scorching instead is that their Christ, their God, tells us how we should live, how we should act, it gives us criteria of what is good and evil. And that for the world is simply unacceptable. And it generates, it sparks a lot of anger, a lot of violence. It's a story of churches, even in our diocese, being hit physically because of this unacceptable message. God is our maker. God is the creator of heaven and earth, and God has a say on what makes us happy and what not, and what is the road for our fulfillment and what is not. And this is unacceptable for the human being of today. That's why that is the forefront of prophecy that we have. And uh, in unacceptable in what? In basic things in basic things, in understanding when a human person is such and cannot be put to death, when a person is a man and a woman and cannot be changed, and when, the, and when love means not just to use the other, the other person as a tool for pleasure, so on and so forth. These are very basic things that were present since the beginning, even, Christ, even before Christ had to intervene to save us. But these basic things are the things that, that uh, we rejected against God in our fall. So it's always the same story, but that doesn't mean it's unreal. So prophecy also entails, of course, persecution.
But what Christ says to Jeremiah, I will deliver you. I will deliver you. Deliverance is, first of all, don't be afraid if your message, your witness, even your silent witness causes anger. Don't be afraid of this. Fear the one who takes your body, takes your soul. Don't be afraid of the one who takes your body. So this deliverance is not just against external factors, but deliverance is deeper. Jeremiah, I deliver you, not just against the enemies, but I deliver you from your own old self. Fathers of the church say that in this call, in this vocation, Jeremiah may have been called to be immaculate, like our Blessed Mother, because when he was called from the womb, he was delivered already for sin. It's not a dogma, this is an interpretation of the fathers of the church, but still, how so radical it goes. It means that our deliverance is that we witness to others, is I have peace in my heart because I've been saved. And your reaction against me, it will not harm me ultimately. Not because I'm indifferent to you, but because I strive for your good as I strive for mine. Love is possible. That's why this page, this hymn to love, to charity of St. Paul is speaking directly to the one who feel the call of prophecy. Love is behind. Because I, I have this ambition toward my good and toward your good. And if you reject it, I will feel pity for you, not anger for you as Christ did on the cross, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They knew what they were doing. But so far, he stressed his peace, his love, his forgiveness. And this forgiveness speaks clearly and converts many. So in this uh, diocesan process that we started in Advent, and then we will continue, will be asked now specifically some questions and you will hear from uh, the bishop. Um, you know, many times you hear that those questions are manipulated by false prophets in the church who want the church to be updated according to worldly agenda. This is not what we're doing here. This is not what we're doing here. We've been called to listen again to the gospel because it's the gospel that each one of us need to hear again, over and over, always anew, because this is the one that liberates us. And this is the one that the world needs to hear, nothing else. And listening to this, if we need to change things, we'll change them as we change our hearts. But we don't need to learn from any false prophets. Be assured of that. So participate in this uh, synodal process. Uh, be assured of the orthodoxy of the uh, solid Catholic teaching of the Catholic Church in this diocese, in this church.